Hello and welcome back to Dinner Table Politics. Say hello, Abby. Hello. It's me. I guess I, I should have introduced you or you should have introduced me. I was waiting for the introduction, yeah. Okay, so, well, I, I, uh, I want to start off with the news that you broke before we began this podcast. I broke the news? You informed me of the world-famous event that now IHOP is now IHOP. Oh, yeah. I think that's the most important thing that's happened lately in... In years, I would say, actually. The International House of Burgers? Yeah, IHOB. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, and it's it's pretty it's pretty upsetting, I would say, actually, because they didn't even, they just flipped the P in IHOP upside down to turn into IHOP. It just looks wrong, you know? Like, if you're, like, in an alternate universe and, like, just there's, like, little things that are switched to, like, make it look more uncomfortable. I don't know. That's what it felt like to me. So it's it's like a dyslexic sort of thing. I, it's, just, it's just not a good decision, I would say. Well, are they still going to serve pancakes? Are they changing their menu? I don't know. And I don't know why I care because I haven't been to IHOP in, like, ten years. So... But I, I felt it was worth mentioning. Well, burgers are a big deal on the world stage at the moment. One of the things that's happening today, that, that, uh, I, by the time this is posted, um, President Trump and Kim Jong-un will have had their summit. Uh, and one of the things that's being discussed at the summit is whether or not North Korea is going to get a McDonald's. Mm. And They don't have a McDonald's? No, heavens no. Oh. They don't have a free market economy. They Imagine don't a world without McDonald's. Well, you know, it's funny. When I, when I was a missionary in Scotland in 1987, I was assigned to labor in Dundee, Scotland, which was the site of the first McDonald's in Scotland that went in just weeks before I got there. And all the other missionaries were jealous because I got to go to the one McDonald's in Scotland. And it turned out it, it was ridiculously expensive. It was just, really? The prices were the same except they were pounds instead of dollars. And the exchange rate was close to two to one. So it was pretty much twice as expensive. Well, I went to McDonald's in England and I didn't like it. Like, I don't, I don't love McDonald's as it is. Like, I'll usually just get fries or something. But it just wasn't as good. Really? Yeah, you could definitely tell. Well, I still can't give blood because I was in Great Britain during the mad cow outbreak, so I could I'm considered a I could have gotten mad cow disease from McDonald's. Hmm. So that explains a lot, I suppose. Yeah. I, but uh it's interesting though that that's one of the things that's on the agenda and it's going to be very interesting to see what comes out of this because Essentially, everything that is going to happen has already happened, and what's going on now is essentially theater. But uh, what do you expect to come out of this North Korean summit? Well, isn't it isn't it Don's birthday today? Don, Don. Donald J. Trump. Is it Donald J. Trump's birthday? So I'm, today? I'm expecting they're gonna they're gonna sing Happy Birthday to him. Oh, that'd be nice. I'm pretty sure it's his birthday. I saw a picture of him blowing out candles on a birthday cake. Oh, did his did his hair flop over the candles while he was blowing? It actually caught on fire. His toupee did. <laughs> it was a disaster. He doesn't have a toupee. It's a really bad comb over. A toupee would look much better than what he's got. Okay, but regardless, All right. uh, it didn't catch on fire. That was, All right, that was a comedic joke. That was a comedy com- comedy gold there. Well, yeah. you know, maybe if they'd thrown him a birthday party at the G7 summit, that might have gone. That's better. probably why he was so salty afterwards. Well, that's just amazing to me. The, the two elements of Trumpism that I find completely unacceptable are his trade policies and his immigration policies. And the trade policies, 
the ridiculousness of what he was doing on trade was on full display at the G7, along with his petulance. Well, it wasn't even really on display then. It was on display with his tweets afterwards. He's beating up on the well, because we because we, well they left and we thought everything was fine and dandy, but then he w- got on Twitter and threw a temper tantrum and and backed out like afterwards. It seemed right. He called he called uh, the Canadian Prime Minister weak. And he's threatening <sighs> Justin. You. He's so handsome. You, you like Justin Trudeau? I really do. Well, then that's so he's more handsome than our leaders. I would I say? would say that's a pretty universally held opinion. Yes. But Justin Trudeau is he? So is he the best looking leader at the G seven? Um, I don't know much about the other ones, but I can safely say yes. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, but none of this has anything to do with IHOP. We should we should go back to well there was well there was like um, dairy tariffs weren't there that he was getting mad about oh I uh, he was mad about everything he had all steel and dairy I thought were two of the big ones well whenever I think of IHOP I always come back to the 1996 Republican presidential convention as I'm sure Uh, you do nope 1996 uh, I was no I'm sorry 92 I was was, uh, yeah I wasn't even. No, in 1992, when Bill Clinton was first running for president, Pat Buchanan stood up and said the only foreign policy experience Bill Clinton has is that he once ate breakfast at an international house of pancakes. Oh, sick burn. Quite the zinger there, but that's my segue. And was he like, no, I've eaten there twice. He's eaten there twice. No, my segue here is I want to talk about Bill Clinton a little bit. Oh, good. Are you excited? I love talking about him. Well, Bill Clinton got beat up. Uh, you know he's he's written a, a, a supposedly a very boring um, political thriller along <laughs> with somebody else called The President Is Missing. Oh boy! And he's gone on a book tour and he went on the Today Show and they beat up on him on the Today Show and said, "Don't you owe Monica Lewinsky an apology?" And how do you think your experiences twenty years ago would uh, would play today during the Me Too movement? And he was flustered. He got angry. He got defensive, and uh, he went on the on the Colbert show the next day and sort of tried to play it off. But he's been asked a number of questions about it. And just today, uh, he was talking um, on the PBS NewsHour, and he said, "I think it's a good thing that we should all have higher standards. I think the norms have really changed in terms of what you can do to somebody against their will." And that strikes me as a stunningly tone-deaf thing for the president of the, or for the former president to say. I mean, it, it was never appropriate to do something to somebody against their will, was it? Sure, sure. But to play devil's advocate, like times definitely have changed. Like I was watching um, Sixteen Candles. Oh yeah, yeah. The other day, and I was like, "What the?" Like I, I just like I remembered it as like, "Oh, John Hughes, cute." Like. Teenage, uh, like drama, rom com, whatever. And like one of the big, um, like plot lines in the movie is like there's this nerd that's falling around the hunk the, the whole time, excuse me. And near the, like, and this hunk is going after Molly Ringwald, but he has a girlfriend previously. Right. And near the end, he is like with the nerd, and his old girlfriend is like passed out in his like super fancy car. Right. And he's just like, 
the he, I don't remember what exactly what he says to the nerd, but he's pretty much just like have your way with her. Right, right. And then like they wake up later, the nerd and this girl, and it's. It's like really kind of shocking now to watch it. Like what? What? Did he just like let this what? kid like like yeah and like assault her? Assault her basically? Yeah. He doesn't but assault her in the movie. It's, Although it's, she wakes it's up left and assumes ambiguous. That, well, well, she wakes up and assumes that he has, and she says, "I think I enjoyed it." Yeah, and so that's just kind of showing that like that. I that kind that of came out. that That's kind of that kind of humor and that kind of behavior would never fly today. That would never be okay in a movie, you know. Molly Ringwald actually wrote an article, I think, for Vanity Fair, where she talks specifically about that movie and about the Breakfast Club. Oh, there's a weird, there's weird moments in the Breakfast Club as well. Yeah, with Bender. Yeah, the, um, and they apparently use the body double for the one moment. Oh, good. Uh, but at the same time, in the in the movie, it looks very much like Molly Ringwald is essentially being assaulted. But and, no one, but I don't think anyone then was like, wow, that's horrific. Like, that should be, like, we should boycott this movie. You know, it wasn't, oh, yeah. it wasn't thought of the same way. Well, you're right. You're right. But you look at Bill Clinton and you look at the fact that the questions he's being asked during on his book tour are all about Monica Lewinsky. And, <laughs> and well, justice. Ju- well, except for there's so much more there. Uh, the, the reason why I'm personally disgusted with Bill Clinton has a whole lot more to do with Juanita Broderick than it does with Monica Lewinsky. Do you know who Juanita Broderick is? She's a girl who who said a Supreme Court person did something bad. No. No? No. Are you thinking of Paula Jones? Oh, yeah. Is that the Clarence Thomas one? No, no. That's Anita Hill. Oh, my God. There's so many. There's so <laughs> that's many. That's so depressing. Well, what's so funny about Anita oh Hill, you go back to Anita Hill, <laughs> and Anita Hill accused Clarence Thomas of making dirty jokes. That kind of sounds like Juanita Broderick in my defense. Uh, Anita, Anita Hill? Anita, Juanita. Juanita, Anita. Juanita Broderick uh, recorded an, in- an interview with NBC News that they sat on in 1998 during the impeachment trial, and it came out right after the impeachment trial. And she details in great detail with corroborating she witnesses. She details in great detail. She details in great detail with corroborating witnesses. Um, Bill Clinton, in 1978, as the Arkansas Attorney General, raping her in a hotel room. Uh, what? Yes, yes. And, and nobody's really ever talked about it. Uh, at one point, Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC said... Wait, well, did it ever air? Yes, it did. And what was the reaction? The reaction of everybody I know who has seen it. Lisa Myers, who conducted the interview, said, the, um, the good news is you're credible. The bad news is you're very credible. What does... In other words, this is so explosive and so destructive that I don't know how the nation's going to deal with it. And the way the nation has dealt with it is to essentially ignore it. And Dope. Way to go, nation. Way to go, nation. Another win for. But that's the reason. That's the, the reason guy. why during the I, I could never bring myself to. Juanita Broderick not only says that Bill Clinton raped her, he says that he had she had contact with Hillary Clinton afterwards, and Hillary essentially tried to uh, keep her quiet. And how. Uh, well, you have to read the, the entire exchange with her. You should actually did watch she, it. Did she, like, um, silently make the motion of, like, cutting her hand across the neck that just, they do in, like, Just movies? about. Just about. Because that, that'll get you. She grabbed her and says, I appreciate everything you do for Bill. 
and then yeah. held tight and said, everything you do. What the? Ew. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the reason I can't ever bring myself to even consider voting for Hillary Clinton is that she was, I think, complicit in all kinds of terrible things. The, the, the accusations against Bill Clinton are not just that he had affairs, which is the way it's characterized now. Uh, accusations of sexual assault have dogged Bill Clinton all throughout his career. He's not being asked about those. And so for Bill Clinton to just sort of make a comment like, well, now, you know, the norms about what you could do to somebody against their will have really changed. Uh, the norms of rape, rape was always unacceptable. Rape was unacceptable in 1978 when it allegedly happened uh, with Bill Clinton and Juanita Broderick, and it's unacceptable now. And I think it's time that all of the, the Democrats uh, recognize that they've been defending the indefensible for way too long, and if they want to have credibility for beating well, up... Well, if Hillary has done that everything move to all the Democrats, like I would understand why they're all scared of her, because that sounds terrifying. <laughs> well, That's like nightmare-inducing. Well, the senator from uh, Senator Gillibrand. I bet her pupils got like all dilated, and like her like dil- her teeth got a little sharp when she said it. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's, that's what terrifying. Happened. Well, uh, Senator Gillibrand um, has called has said that Bill Clinton should have resigned in 1998. And she's a Democratic senator. Mm-hmm. And so you're starting to see... It's easy to say that dam. now, though. It's easy to be like, oh, if I was there, I would have stood up for Juanita, blah, blah, blah. But it's, but I think it's more telling of the people back then who knew and didn't do anything. Well, which, which is essentially every... You know, my father, your grandfather, uh, I had lots of conversations with him during the 1998 impeachment process and, and re- immediately before it. And he pointed out that in 1998, when the news broke about Monica Lewinsky, there were dozens of Democratic senators who were drafting speeches calling on Bill Clinton to resign. Just Republicans? No, no, Democratic oh, senators. Oh, Democratic. And, uh, and then it w- when it became clear that Politically, there would be no damage to keeping political to keeping Clinton in office. They all reversed themselves, and they didn't vote for. There wasn't a single Democrat that voted to impeach. I think we're seeing the same thing today with with um, Donald, with uh, with everyone, all the never Trumpers who are now like uh, that that are now sort of turning a blind who are, eye. Who are seeing that? Oh, I might get voted out if I don't agree. Um. And are yeah going along with it now. Like uh, Mitt, Mitt Romney did that kind of like he he tweeted he was like if if Donald Trump had endorsed me when I was running for office I would have never accepted it. And then Donald J Trump did endorse him this time around and he tweeted like hey, oh thanks I'm a lot. so yeah thank you so much I'm so honored. It's just like it's gross. It's just like no you're absolutely right and and. Uh, and that's one of the things that's disgusting for me as a former Republican. Uh, you know, I, I looked at just how willing I was to defend my guy regardless, just because they had an R next to their name. And it's amazing to me how many people who were disgusted by Clinton are now turning a blind eye to Donald Trump. They're, they're, and they're, you know, all of the arguments that were made against Bill Clinton can be made against Donald Trump, and yet... The Republicans like what he's doing policy-wise, so they turn a blind eye to it. But Politics the, freaking suck, man. <laughs> well, 
I hate them. Well, that, you're, you're on a podcast. Dinner table politics here. Oh, this is depressing. Uh, I'm sorry to depress you. Uh, politics can be depressing, but it, they don't necessarily have to be. And I don't think they have to define who we are and define how we live our lives. I mean, none of this has any real bearing on our day-to-day lives, does it? It does on Juanita Broderick's. And it Michael does on Lewis Juanita Broderick's. Well, you know, you look at, at, at Clinton and, and the hypocrisy now, as he's back in the public eye and he's back being interviewed, nobody has asked him about Juanita Broderick. Juanita Broderick has tweeted a number of times, how come no one's willing to ask her about him raping me? And the silence is deafening. And she's not the only one. Kathleen Willey was a woman who was who claimed that she was essentially assaulted in the Oval Office. And Paula Jones, who brought the lawsuit, was paid $850,000 to settle the lawsuit. But Bill Clinton was not required to issue an apology, so they say that doesn't mean anything. I think it means something when you pay somebody $850,000. It's so weird. Everything you're saying is like mirror image of what's happening right now. Like Donald Trump paying off Stormy Daniels or... Or there's there's been a plethora of women that have also come out against him saying right. that he assaulted them. Well, in the first presidential debate with Hillary Clinton, the Access Hollywood tape had just broken, like the day before. Oh, yeah. Remember the Access Hollywood tape? Oh, I remember. You know, they let you do it. You grab them by the... Stop, the, the, stop. The, so we all know. We all right, know. Well. And so uh, to counter that... Donald Trump invited Juanita Broderick, Kathleen Willey, oh, Paula Jones, that. and I, I think it was just those three. He may have invited Jennifer Flowers, but I don't think she would have come. Jennifer Flowers was Clinton's mistress for 12 years. Nice. That he denied. Just on the kidding. Camp. Not nice. You know, so, uh, but he invited, and they all sat at the debate. They were on the other side of the room from Clinton, but... Uh, that must have been a very awkward moment. But he brought them to say, well, my stuff was just locker room talk, but look what Bill Clinton actually did. Yeah. Except it's so much more than locker room talk, isn't it? Yes. What, what Trump has done and what Trump is... Oh, it's just and really, Republicans, really bringing me down. I don't mean to bring you down. I don't mean to bring you down. But, you you, you know, th- there Let's are a lot... Let's talk about mad cow disease again. That was happier. Well, the good news is that my diagnosis seems to be positive. I don't seem to, well, no. I don't seem to have mad cow disease, so that means that my diagnosis is negative, right? But my yeah. outlook is positive. I did have a colonoscopy at your insistence. Why would you, why would you bring that up? Well, no, it's good. Everybody should have one. It, it's, it's not that difficult. What and, does that have to do with politics, though? Well, I'm trying to be uplifting. I'm trying to talk about positive things. Hey, no? You're not good at that, then, if the first thing that comes to your mind to talk about positive things is a colonoscopy. Well... Uh, the the miseries of politics shouldn't allow anybody to get themselves down on a day-to-day basis. I, I, I tend to get depressed when I start looking at what Donald Trump is doing, but I also recognize the brilliance of the American governmental system, which is inefficient by design. People don't realize that. that constitutionally, the, the idea was the founders wanted to create a government that would be able to survive someone like Donald Trump. And so far we have. I, I, I don't think Donald Trump has done anything ir- irrevocable or anything that is going to cause permanent damage to the country. Really. I don't know. Calling if if he pisses off Canada, it's over for us. Like Canada, yeah, Canada, our but, nicest neighbors ever. Yeah, but where are they going to go? They're not going to stay angry at us forever, are they? I don't know. I hope not. Oh, okay. Canada, I love Canada. Well, they gave us so many great things: hockey, Justin Bieber. 
Syrup, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. I, the list goes on and on. I love you, Canada, if you're listening. Well, why don't we end with that, then? Should we end with the Canadian National Anthem? Do you know how to sing it? Do you know the um, I know all the words Justin Bieber's songs. That's the same, I think. I, I think it probably is. So with that, we leave you. Uh, I love you, Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau and shout Justin out, Bieber. Shout out to JT, Justin Trudeau. Shout out to JT. You're a real one. You're a real one. So thank you for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Politics. This is Jim and Bennett. go get colonoscopies. Thank you very much.